Welcome to the Particularly Packers podcast. Listen in as Bob Dog travels around the football universe in hopes of understanding the madness that we love about the league, particularly the Green Bay Packers. The journey begins now. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go, baby. What's up, everybody? Bob Dog checking in with you once again. Oh, life is good. Life is good. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever the hell you separate. Hopefully you made it through healthy. You got to spend some time with your family. If you have any family or your loved ones, whatever the hell you choose to do. Oh, man. Life is good. Packers escaped with the win, barely. Packers 33, Carolina 30. That's not breaking news to any of you because you already know how that goes. However, man, this performance was, uh, it was, it was sad. It was disgusting. And, uh, I, I mean, I understand why Joe Barry's still in his position just because it's so late with three weeks. I mean, now it's two weeks left. There's no reason to get rid of your defensive coordinator. And with a chance for the playoffs, you know, you don't want to go into the playoffs trying to restructure who the hell your defensive coordinator is and all that fiasco. Plus, there's nobody really in-house with the defensive experience for the simple fact that we do have the highest paid special teams coordinator, but he's always been a special teams coordinator in Barisa, Rick, whatever, uh, Baiska, Bariska, and uh, Matt LaFleur has always been an offensive-minded coach. He's never really worked on the defensive side of the ball or showed any success on that. So we really don't have a better replacement in-house. So I totally understand why Joe Barry is still in that seat, but it's disgusting that he has been in that seat. So let's rewind it a year and a half. Y'all can go back, check the records, man. I had to get off the podcast because I've been disgusted by this coaching staff since they hired him and brought him in. It got out of hand, man. I was tired. I didn't even want to go through a year of just complaining and going through what we went through, but we went through it, and this is bullshit, man. We're tired of it. Packer Nation deserves better. We need to get Matt LaFleur's ass out of the driver's seat. He's not a driver. He never has been. We're going to look at his ass right now. Let me focus on Carolina real quick. Get through this. Green Bay game in against Carolina. Carolina came in like, what, 1-14 and 14 or 1-1 one, one and whatever fiasco. They're, they're a mess. I think they got their first win last week or whatever it was. Um, they haven't got over 27 points since like week one or week way early in the season. They haven't got over 20 points in like the last eight weeks. I had all the statistics, but I'm not even going to focus on that. Because LaFleur, I'm coming for your ass, but we're going to leave it at that. Um, the game, Carolina, I mean, th- they looked good, man. Bryce Young looked just as talented as uh, – Jordan Love, if not better. I was sitting here thinking after the game, like, man, which quarterback would I really rather have if I was building on the future, man? I mean, both are very talented individuals, very inconsistent. Both of them, um, you know, hats off to both of the guys. Two great performances. We'll start with that. We'll start with that. And I'm not going to say great as in they were greats. It was just a very good battle. It was actually two very inconsistent performances that equaled out almost almost damn near even if they would have got that ball spiked with one second left. I mean, they were in field goal range. It was a just disaster. We got out. That was our, you know, Christmas gift right there. So I didn't expect anything else. It was beautiful though. Loved everything about the win. We take the wins. I wish nothing but a win and Woo! Our coaching staff was exposed, boy. We have been out coached every damn week, man. Our our coaching staff is the of the nfl man you can't even joke about it i mean nobody looks at us and fears any part they're not like man we're gonna be out coached hell there's not a team in the whole nfl that looks at the green bay packers and thinks they're gonna be out coached that's a problem that is a problem out there you hear our coach time i have respect for this guy i have respect nobody says that about our coach nobody is fearing anything that he brings to the table um they know that what he brings to the table is what shanahan has presented him what Sean McVay presented him. They know what he's bringing to the table because he didn't create it. 
He's literally bringing somebody else's stuff to the table. That's what got him to the dance. That's what he's been doing. And when he tries to implement his own stuff, it hasn't worked. You know, we can be honest. We're going to go through all that. Let me jump back to the game because there were some people that, you know, deserve their credits. Definitely got to give it up to Dobbs. Huge catch on that game-winning drive. Um, Huge game-winning drive in general. So just, you know, hats off. Hats off to the offense. Um, I can't give it off to the defense because y'all gave up 30 points to a team that definitely should not get 30 points. Um, Chark, another great wide receiver, man. I love watching that guy play. I think that he's an amazing talent. I don't like his um, brassness after the catches and getting in Jonathan's face and, you know, little things like that. But y'all know how I feel about that. Kind of like Valentine. I'm more of a sportsmanship type of guy. But if y'all even play that type, then play that type. But, I mean, you got like one win on the season, so you should probably calm your ass down. But, like I said, very talented wide receiver, and he definitely – he was burning us for a little bit. So big catch by Dobbs on that big one um, on the last drive. First and goal. This is what tricks me out. First and goal, a minute 54. We're on the 13-yard line. We literally run the ball three times. We get three points. We give the ball back with 19 seconds. Carolina goes down, gets in field goal range, spikes the ball with zero seconds left. Damn near got us, man. One second left. They would have kicked the field goal. It would have been an overtime all the momentum on their side. That would have been really scary. Uh, Packer fan, we can all agree. That was disgusting. We're happy for the win. We're going to take it. But this never should have happened. This can't be happening. I think about the playoffs, and uh, I'll never wish for the Packers not to win, but I'm, I'm going to be very thankful if we don't make it there for the simple fact that we're not set up for disappointment because I take these playoff games very, you know, it, it's to heart, man. We, we get real amped up. We, we don't want to go to the playoffs just to lose. We want to go there believing we have a chance. But – we know right now if we go against one of those good teams, hell no, we ain't got no chance. Look at what Carolina just did to us. You know what I mean? So in reality, I'm a realist, folks. So y'all got to look at it. And um, I think the Super Bowl teams, you got to have a, a little bit of magic to you and a little bit of magic, you know, and you'll see it in a lot of times and a lot of teams. And I haven't seen anything this year that even looked like magic. I saw the, you know, the little win streak that we went on. It looked like, you know, some consistent gameplay. Definitely showed the abilities that we have. However, as we went through those wins, I diagnosed it for you. I told you guys about uh, dang, I told you about uh, Nick Bolton and him missing the games and what that actually meant to the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I was listening to the announcers after um, the next week, and they were just like, what a difference it makes with Bolton back in the lineup. And it is a complete different team with Nick Bolton when he is playing. Um, love that guy. I love everything about his game style. I love that linebacker position. Um, I played it a little bit. I was just too small. I do love, I really love that position because you're constantly involved. And this is coming from a cornerback where a lot of plays, you're just outside. You you probably are really involved in, I don't know, if I had to take a wild guess, less than 17% of, you know, plays. I mean, you're very rarely, unless your guy rent, runs a route, first off, maybe it's 50-50 passing, rushing, but then they don't always throw it your side. So, you might be on something, but even then your wide receiver's not going. He doesn't feel that he's going to get her. Whatever the scenario is, you're not even in it all the time. So when I got to play linebacker, that was it was dope because you're right there. Unfortunately, I was way too damn small for a linebacker position. Playing safety was kind of cool depending on your coordinator because my defensive coordinator liked to blitz a lot, especially when we were in the younger ages. You don't have the arms like you do in the NFL, so I'm not going to compare the two. However, he liked to blitz a lot, so he would play me down in the box a lot. So I almost played as if I was a linebacker, but I still had the agility 
to cover the routes if I needed to because I also play. I loved playing cornerback. That was my heart position. That was where it goes. They always tried to stick me on punt return. I hate that spot. I think that's the hardest position in the NFL. We could debate it all day. But fuck returning punts, dude. That sucks. I mean, when you got to catch that ball, figure out where everybody is, now you're at zero trying to catch a ball, and these guys are at 100. I mean, they're going fast as hell, and you got to try to get up to speed, navigate them. When you break it loose, it feels good. And when you find some open space, it feels good. Every other feeling you find on punt return, it hurts, man. You better track that guy. You better get those fair catches. When you see these guys catch the ball and the guys are near them and they make one move and get away, it is playing with fire, boy. When you get burned, it hurts. I'll tell you that. But back to back to reality. Jordan Love put up 17 of 28, 219 yards, two TDs, and zero interceptions. Could you give his hands up for the zero interceptions? Man, I love that. Love that. Two tubs. Gotta love that. Got Romeo Dobbs. He had five targets with four receptions, 79 yards, and one TD with the big catch on the, on the last drive. So shout out Romeo Dobbs, man. Big step up. Big game. Very nice. Very nice. Bo Melton also coming back. I believe he was on the practice squad at one point this year. Came back six targets, four receptions, 44 yards. Give it up, Tor. Um, we also had Tucker Craft, man, coming through once again. Six targets, four receptions, 60 yards. This dude is very consistent. I love it. I love it. We watched the improvement of your blocking. Watch the improvement of your route running. You've always had, you know, good hands. Always been a tough individual, so I'm not going to say those were improvements, but definitely on the blocking side, we've seen a lot over the last 12, 13 weeks. Man, it's just been substantial. So big shot. I'm going to give you another one, man. It's been amazing to watch. Um, Wicks was injured on his TD catch, so we want to, you know, definitely our heart goes out to him. You know, we'd give him props on the on the catch on the catch and best of wishes on your recovery i believe it's a rib injury oh man that hurts me just thinking about it um and no broken ribs so we're gonna see if he can play i have some personal playing experience with that when i was playing defensive end i came crashing in it's all about containing so when you hear me criticize i saw van ness missed a big one man um down there towards the end you just gotta it was a two-point conversion i believe but you gotta contain you gotta contain when you play the end, you got to damn contain, man. You know, I'll say it again, but defensive end, I was going. Um, they they ran a wide receiver sweep. So, you know, they, they fake the handoff. So you do bite to the inside just like Van Ness did, and uh, the wide receiver came around. So you got to contain. You got That's your whole job. It's just so easy because they typically don't do a sweep. And when that does come, they're, fa- they're fast, man. They are fast. One of the most beautiful feelings is when you can catch them and you actually do cut inside. I had a wide receiver sweep go in front, right behind the line. The quarterback was in shotgun. He caught the ball, swept in front of him, and I was actually going straight towards the cornerback turn. The most beautiful hit I've ever laid. My coaches laid into me because it was during a practice. But I mean, I just timed it perfect. On the opposite side, when I got injured, the wide receiver went behind, so the uh, quarterback turns around, throws the ball backwards, I went going, wide receiver cracked back. So I'm fully extended going towards the wide receiver that came on the sweep now. And I'm full extended going for a tackle, and I just got a rib, a helmet right into my ribs, man. I was fully extended to make the tackle arms out, and the wide receiver had cracked back and caught me right in my ribs with his helmet. I went down. I was hurting, boy. So I totally understand the rib situation, man. I can't hold that one on your wicks um, as an MMA guy, I've been dropped twice in my life, and they were both from body shots, and I have no no complaints on those types of body injuries. I 
I'm the guy to understand that one, my brother. So my heart goes out to you, Packer Nation. We're wishing you the best. Definitely want to, you know, heart goes out. I remember there was a Carolina Panther. I wish I had the notes in front of me. From the He got injured early in the game. I believe he was carted out. I just want to wish everybody the best, when, especially when it comes to these injuries and all that. Speaking of injuries, we got Jahir Alexander back for the game. We had Eric Stokes on the other side. That was beautiful. Um, shit, we were missing somebody. Damn, I didn't write it down, but I know we were missing uh, da, 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 one of our guys, man. Damn, 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 damn. Can't even think of the name now. But um, we lined up, man. Definitely went out there. Played a decent game, got the win. I know that's hard to do in the NFL, especially this time of the season, but we did play the easiest team, and we barely got away with it. With this being said, man, I am tired of it. I'm tired of it, folks. I don't know about you, but me, I, okay, Packer Nation I can speak for when it comes to Joe Barry. Everybody wants this guy gone. This motherfucker needs to go, man. I don't know where he's going to go, but he needs to get the hell up out of here, right? We're all in agreement with that one. I think we can all do that. Just, just clap if you hear me, man. Clap if you hear me. You know what I'm saying? So if, if anybody supports Joe Barry being there, let's 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 hear from you. My point. So Joe Barry's ass got to go. Now, the big question is, why is he still there? He's there because uh, he should have been gone over the last offseason. He, sh- he never should have been hired. I've been questioning this since the day LaFleur's got in. I've been questioning this since the day they brought Barry in. We, I'm, I'm going to tell you. I don't have to talk about Barry anymore because everybody's seen it, right? So um, we can all in, be in agreement. We saved the whole last year why I didn't do podcasts, and I, I'm not even going to get into it. I'm just over their shit, and I've been over it. And these guys need to get their ass out of town because Packers, we're trying to get back to our winning ways and at least having a good culture and just keeping it vibing. You know what I'm saying? But this shit is not floating. So Joe Barry's finally got to go. Everybody's finally on board. Now this is where we're getting to. Why the hell is he in the building? Why did he get in the building to begin with? Um, I can go through his history. I've gone through it. I could go through all those podcasts. I can even pull it back up. I didn't, I didn't go over Joe Barry because I think we're all unanimous. No matter what his history is, his ass has got to go no matter what because his history with us is too long at this point. It was too long last offseason. Why was he here this year? Because Matt LaFleur is not a leader. He has not shown the ability to get rid of people, especially people like Joe Barry that are his friends that were defensive coordinators and above him in his past life. At other, I think he was with the Rams. He was under Barry. Um, one of the coordinators, he was actually, I think, an offensive assistant or something, but still he was under. And Joe Barry was a defensive coordinator, so he was one of the under guys, always looked up to Barry, and then he had got to have Barry work for him. So these are some partners going back a little while. <sighs> Joe Barry's got to go, man. Never should have been in the damn building. But we can save the breath on that one. Get Barry's ass out of here because you is a laughing stock of the league, man. That's, that fucking defense is a joke. And we have a lot of talent, man. I take nothing away, man. Rashawn Gary, amazing. Preston Smith, as much as I would like to see us um, get somebody else for that position. But I know we got Van Ness. Van Ness shows great athleticism, great talent. Just need to get better. You know, that discipline, man. You're the edge. You got you to gotta seal that edge, man. You have to, especially on that. I believe it was a two-point conversion that they converted. Oh, that hurts so bad. If we would have stopped that, we didn't even have to worry about that uh, field goal range. However, let's get back to the, let's get back to the things at hand. Mr. Matt LaFleur, here we go. Oh, I did some studying, folks. I did some studying, folks. Matt, your ass is grass, boy. We about to smoke it. So this is a... Uh, Oh, that was a little Cheech and Chong reference, man. I don't know if anybody got to that one, but um, whoo, boy, here we go, man. Matt LaFleur announced as our head coach, Packers head coach, January 8th of 2019. All right. Aaron Rodgers with MVP 2020 and 2021, right? We had the fewest turnovers 
2019, 2020, 2001. We can all be in, in agreement. Aaron Rodgers was shining. Aaron Rodgers was running that offense. Aaron Rodgers was shining before. Uh, let's just say the 2018 season before Matt LaFleur got there. 2018 was rough, man. What the hell happened to us? It was bad. He had nobody to throw the ball to. We thought he did have Devontae Adams. It was just the culture, man. It was just falling apart. Everybody saw it. You saw him on the Pat McAfee show. I mean, it was just everything was just going bad. I'm not sure if he was on Pat McAfee yet, but it was just bad culture, man. That that team was tough. Um, brought in Matt LaFleur, man. He got the golden ticket. I mean, you come into Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers lit that thing up, lit the league up as he had done before, you know. So I'm not going to give that credit to him. I'm not going to say nobody's going to say Matt LaFleur developed Aaron Rodgers. Don't give him that shit. I'm not. Nope. Not not a no way, no how. Like, there is no way. If anything, Matt LaFleur got trained by Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers came in. He came into Aaron Rodgers' offense. I know they worked together, but we all know, you know, Aaron Rodgers definitely had his finger in the success. So we're not going to give that one to Matt LaFleur. I think we can all be in agreement with that one because uh, we know what Aaron Rodgers was shining. And when we needed it in the playoffs, when we needed just something else to put us over to get that championship, because we all know Aaron Rodgers typically falls short just right there at the end. And that's where when we did win the Super Bowl, our defense just stepped up with Charles Woodson, Julius Peppers. I mean, that, that was just a beautiful year when the defense, I mean, we had the number one ranked defense that year. They were just stepping up going huge. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers needs that little help. He'll get you real, real, real close. Just need little help. And that's where uh, Matt LaFleur wants to kick a damn field goal with like two minutes. We, we, I'll get all into that, man. I'll get all into that. So Matt LaFleur, he has 15 seasons in the NFL. You know, we give him that. He's definitely done his time. What I wanted to look for through this whole episode is just patterns. What patterns is there for this guy? So 08 to 09, he was offensive assistant in the Houston Texans. Um 10 to 13, he was a QB coach in Washington with the Redskins at the time. Um, 2014, he was a QB coach in Notre Dame. 2015 and 16, he was a QB coach in Atlanta. 17, offensive coordinator for the Rams. 18, offensive coordinator for the Titans. 19 to present, head coach for the Packers. That, that sums it up, and we're about to review that because I know I went over it very quickly, but that, that's, that's what he's got. He's definitely got some time. His resume is impressive. You can't lie, man, especially when you look at the wins and losses. So we're going to jump back. Whew, 2008, um, Houston Texans. That, they went 8-8 eight and eight that year. That was a Matt Schaub, Steve Slayton. Amon Green was actually back up over there. Um, they had Andre Johnson, if you all remember him. He was one hell of a player. There's a Gary Kubiak was the head coach. We had Kyle Shanahan was offensive coordinator. Mike Daniels and Matt LaFleur were both offensive assistants. Yes, you got that right. For those that don't know, some do, some don't. You had Kyle Shanahan, who's that's that we're gonna call him Poppy in this scenario. You do always have Mike Shanahan, that's grandpa, but Kyle Shanahan, he's gonna be Poppy. So you have Mike Mike McDaniel, who's the head coach of the Dolphins over there killing it, man. His vibe with his players is something else. You got Matt LaFleur. They were both offensive assistants. Um that was with the Texans. 2019. Uh, in 2009, they're still with the Texans. Texans improve one game to 9-7. and sevens. You have the same staff, minus Mike McDaniels, who took off. Uh, Matt LaFleur remained an offensive assistant, so they improved one game, 9-7. and seven. Andre Johnson, what a talent, man. I don't know. I wish we had a wide receiver like Andre Johnson in our past. I know we got close with Sharp. That would probably be the closest you can get because that was just a big-body special talent. Oh, man, it was just injuries, injuries, injuries. Um. Whew. 
2009, like I said, 9-7, and seven, nothing impressive at all. He's still just riding under Kyle Shanahan, basically, at this point, learning the game. 2010, they jump over. This is when uh, Grandpa Mike Shanahan was the executive vice president and head coach of the Washington Redskins. Um, Kyle Shanahan was offensive coordinator, so that's Mike Shanahan's son. So you have Grandpa at the big office head coach. You have Kyle Shanahan as the offensive coordinator. And you have Matt LaFleur now moves up to the QB coach. This is where Sean McVay slides into the offensive assistant. So he, you know, got Sean McVay jumping in. So Sean McVay is actually down kind of under Matt LaFleur because the assistant is under one of the coaches. Uh, It's kind of just overall structure if we want to just putting titles on things. I know it all changes job to job. It's just a title, but that's, you know, sums it up. Oh, man, Sean McVay. He's in the tree as well. He, he's, he's definitely pulled off some stuff. Um, that year, 2010, with the Washington Redskins, that's when they traded for Donovan McNabb from the Washington Eagles at the end of his run. That was an absolute QB disaster. Mind you, Matt LaFleur is a QB coach. They traded for McNabb, brought him in. It was ass. Q, uh, McNabb got, he got benched like week, what, 12 or 13 or something. Definitely got benched for Rex Grossman. Just a complete failure. They went 6-10, and 10, losing season. I mean, and they even traded for McNabb. They couldn't make it work at the QB position. You're talking about an established talent in McNabb. What Andy Reid and McNabb, oh, my God, those Philly years, they were something special. And I'm not a Philly fan, but uh, who was it? Jackson, what's his name? Uh, the little fast-ass dude, man. I wish, see, this is what I tell you, man. I have horrible... Memories with the names, but I remember the Jackson. I remember he used to dip, dip, dip. I should remember because I have a couple of his cards. What the hell is this? Whatever, man. All right, back to them Redskins. Yeah, they were a failure. They disappointed. Nothing to show for it. 2011, you have the Redskins. Same staff, except Sean McVay has uh, jumped up to a tight ends coach. Mike McDaniel is back as an offensive assistant, so he's back under the the umbrella, and Q. B play has failed to improve. The Redskins went five and 11, you know, it just got worse. Um, so they brought in McNabb, got rid of his ass, had Grossman playing. It, it just wasn't working. It definitely wasn't working. They went out, drafted uh RG three. I don't know if y'all remember that fella. He's definitely in the commentaries. Now he's not, not a bad commentator. Definitely speaks a little bit of things that I don't really um, agree with, but we have different perspectives. We'll go off that. 2012 Redskins, they actually had a winning schedule, 10 and 6. It's an epic year. This is the RG3 year. So those that remember, that lived it, this is this is the closest thing we're getting to the Michael Vick years in Atlanta. That's a, that's all I can tell you, man. I mean, this a, he was something special. I mean, the rushing was just amazing. It was a first-round pick, RG3, number one rushing yards in the league. I mean, it just changed the whole organization around. And that wild card game against Seattle definitely changed – the rest of RG3's life. Um, they know that he got an injury. Mike Shanahan decided to keep playing him, which, you know, everybody can debate on that all we want to, but that changed the outcome of RG3's career. RG3 ended up losing that game, I believe, the wild card one, or maybe they won. He couldn't play the next week. Either way, he ended up losing. They didn't do nothing with the season, and I believe they lost that wild card game, and it was just sad, man. His his He was never the same, so... They went from that one 10-6 season under Mike Shanahan. He got Kyle Shanahan as the offensive coordinator. So, yes, they were able to produce with RG3. RG3 was a special talent, folks. You can give the credit to who you want to, but I'll put it this way. 2013 Redskins, 3-13. and 13. You know what I mean? They failed to develop anything except for RG3, and they completely destroyed that boy. So, 
three and thirteen. Mike Shanahan and the staff was just removed after that. Same staff. Um, the same staff was actually in place the 2013 season. Mike McDaniel's jumped up to a wide receivers coach. Matt LaFleur was still the QB coach. Complete fail. RG3 was back from his injury, what was benched in week 15 of the 2013 season. That's when Mike Shanahan and all his staff was completely wiped out. They failed over there in Washington. They had RG3. They used his career up for one season into the playoff spots, and that's about all they got from all those guys. So, I chalked that up as an L, man. I don't think anything winning about that. So we'll take that whole point up to his career. He's learning, you know, but all his his uh, quarterback talent at that play has been a disaster. I don't think he did anything to develop RG3. I think RG3 came in with, uh, I'm not a religious fellow, but we'll call it a God-given gift, man. RG3 was something special in his first year in the league. That nobody could stop it. He was just, oh, my goodness. Like Lamar Jackson, he was definitely – I would say equivalent to uh, up there on that Lamar Jackson level. Possibly could have been better, maybe not, but he was on definitely on that level. And Lamar Jackson, congratulations to our MVP. If he doesn't get an MVP, he's getting robbed because he definitely deserves it. Just an amazing player. Love everything that he's been able to pull off over there in Baltimore. Just the Harbogs and just what they've done. They're typically defense first, but man, fucking that Lamar, man, he always just. The way that he moves the pocket, he scrambles, it's just beautiful to watch, man. He hasn't had a running back that you can name, you know what I mean? Gus Edwards, who? Um, they've definitely brought I, – I had big uh, Rashad Bateman. I've, there's been a couple people. They got Odell over there, but just people that don't really – hasn't really panned out for him on the wide receiver side as far as uh, fantasy statistics, but that, I think that's because Lamar just runs so much. But that's a whole other story, a whole other story. Let's get back to uh, – the victim of this story, Mr. Matt LaFleur, man. We're in that ass, boy, I'm telling you. 2014, we're going to give you a new start because Washington, you sucked, man. So at this point, this is the first time after the 2013 uh, Redlands, uh, Redskins fiasco that Matt LaFleur is on his own. So he takes off. He runs off to college football in this little place called Notre Dame. Notre Dame actually did decent the year before, came in, pulled out 8-5 and five in their uh, – in their season, and not very good um, when you think that they started 6-0. and So Matt LaFleur came into you know a system that was in place, kind of implemented his, kind of took it from there. They went 6-0, and and then they went 2-5. and You know, and just that inconsistency. It, it definitely shows right there. 8-5, and everybody was super hyped, thought they were going somewhere. They failed. You know what I mean? Just going off, and it, 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 didn't, it didn't work. You know, what do you want me to tell you? It didn't do good. But he didn't have to stay long. He was only there one year. We're not going to call Notre Dame as a success. Um, he was definitely alone for his first time without the Shanahan's, and he accomplished a zero. You were going to give him a zero on that one. So we're off to 2015. Maybe he does something this year. Maybe. I don't know. Atlanta Falcons. This is his first year, so we're not going to judge him too much. It's also Dan Quinn's first year as a head coach. Um, Atlanta Falcons did go 8-8 eight and eight that year. We had Raheem, Raheem Morris was also the assistant head coach and the pass game coordinator. Raheem Morris, he's stepping his game up. He's doing big things. I can see him being a head coach here very shortly. Um, Kyle Shanahan, you had him as the offensive coordinator. Matt LaFleur was a QB coach. Mike McDaniels and Matt LaFleur. Huh? Um, I don't know what the hell I did there. Uh, but Mike McDaniels and Matt LaFleur was offensive coordinator, offensive assistant. So I don't know how the hell Matt LaFleur is being QB coach and offensive assistant. I must have wrote something down there incorrectly. But 
Either way, he was part of the damn staff. Um, they had Matt Ryan as the QB, and yes, they went 88. I really enjoyed these years of uh, Atlanta. I actually went to Matt Ryan's first year when he hit the playoffs, the year after Michael Vick got convicted. That was my very first playoff game. I went to the Arizona Cardinals versus Atlanta Falcons in Arizona, the Kurt Warner years. That was a beautiful game, and I actually saw Matt Ryan, so I'm very – I'm in tune with this team right here, the 2015 season. So – 2016 Atlanta Falcons. This this was they were beasting at this point. So this was when they went 11 and five. Same staff. Um, they beat the Packers in the NFC Championship game. So that's why I said we're very familiar with these motherfuckers, man. They're not they're not our friends. These are our foes at this point. 2016 Falcons. We are aware who they were. Dan Quinn had them firing. Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. He had Matt Ryan juiced. You know what I mean? He definitely implemented his offense. Their offense was spectacular. And all LaFleur had to do was sit back and learn. You know what I mean? He's just sitting under there. He's getting credit for whatever was done. But, man, we know we know what's going on. Kyle Shanahan has showed it over there in, the, in San Francisco. He's got this offensive thing figured out. So you can give LaFleur any credit you want to for the Matt Ryan scenario. But when you have Mike Daniels, Matt LaFleur under Kyle Shanahan, I'm throwing that one on Kyle Shanahan as an offensive coordinator. Um, it's definitely showed. You can give it to LaFleur if you want to. But, hey, that's on you, man. Um, 2016 Atlanta Falcons, like I said, they beat the Packers in the NFC Championship game. They went on to the Super Bowl and gave up the biggest comeback ever to the Patriots. I mean, that was that was the biggest coaching failure in Super Bowl history, if you, you know what I mean. It was very apparent that's not that guy. That's not the team that you want to be part of when it goes down to the memory of that season was the biggest coaching fumble ever, and you were part of that. I mean, you just give it all to all of them. I mean, that was the biggest – what do you what do you want me to say? I was you fumbled it in the in the Super Bowl. I mean you couldn't oh, there's no bigger stage. We all witnessed that one. If you don't remember that when you weren't alive and it was just that was I mean, give him his credit, but I'm still gonna give the credit that was there to Kyle Shanahan. But the thing that people are gonna remember is that whew, you all got knocked the hell out of them Patriots comeback, giving it to Tom Brady. People were pissed, bro. That was that was the craziest comeback. I remember I was I was pretty uh, inebriated that Super Bowl, but I remember that when I was Super Bowl party actually right over here in uh, Redlands, California, stepping up the game, chilling with some people with money at that point. 2017, he jumped over to the L.A. Rams. They win 11-5 at this point, but he's under Sean McVay's first year as head coach. Joe Barry, there's this motherfucker, man. He's the assistant head coach and linebackers coach at this point. Matt LaFleur is the offensive coordinator, so he finally jumps up from being an actual QB coach to an offensive coordinator. That's Matt LaFleur. And uh, he had Jared Goff to work with. So they did really well. You know, they uh, the offense went from last to first. I do remember that. That's, that's a big step up. We do got to give it them to them. However, I am going to give that Sean McVay ha- has – proven that he deserved most of that credit for what the Rams had done. And they spent a lot, man. You got to give it that 2017 team. Um, they lost in the wild card game, actually, to the Falcons, 13 to 26. Give it a, you know, Matt LaFleur leaves the Falcons, comes back and loses the next year to the Falcons. So that was interesting. However, Jared Goff, they were giving Matt LaFleur a lot of credit for developing Jared Goff. That's a damn lie, man. I don't think he developed Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is a special breed. When it comes to that gunsling, I think he came in with a lot of talent. I think he fit in. Sean McVay's system was something out of place at that time. And, you know, Jared Goff went in there. Jared Goff fell off, man. You forget he was sent out of there. He was sent packing because he couldn't, you know, he couldn't develop into what they were doing. But 
You could say Matt LaFleur was out of there by the time he really started his downfall, but I don't think Matt LaFleur is very, you know, should have been credited very much for the uptick is what I'm saying. So once again, he's under Sean, uh, Sean McVay. You can give the talent where you want to give credit where you want to, but it is what it is. So he spent one year under Sean McVay. You can say that he had some success with the Rams. Don't know. Jerry Goff on hell of a talent. You can see what he's doing now. Sean McVay, was he part of that development? I don't know. I'm sure he would have done better if he wasn't there. Um, But you never know. You never know. So you can maybe give him a little bit of a win, maybe for that part of his career. 2018, he left the Rams. He was only there for one year. He jumped over. I don't know why you would only be there for one year. if You know, that's your partner right there. Um, but he jumped over with uh, 2018. He was the Tennessee Titans. They went 9-7. and seven. He was with the um, Mike Vrabel's first year as head coach. And Matt LaFleur came in with his first year as offensive coordinator there Marcus Mariota had a bad year I mean you two thousand I mean you had Derrick Henry he got over a thousand yards but Derrick Henry is supposed to get over a thousand yards so you, you're not giving Matt LaFleur getting no credit for Derrick Henry getting a thousand yards you don't deserve the credit I'm not giving him the credit hell no nah. any Derrick Henry should get a thousand he's a special class he's like the Adrian Petersons there's not many like him hats off you know what I mean hats off to you my boy hey hey Derrick Henry something special. So I'm not giving him no credit for Derrick Henry's success, but uh, they missed the playoffs with uh, week 17 loss. I mean, they were real close, but they fell short. And as Marcus Mariota, if it, we can talk about Marcus Mariota all day, we can say he failed to develop. So everybody he's touched. I mean, we could go back. You can get, maybe give him credit for Jerry Goff. I mean, Matt Ryan, I'm not giving him credit for developing. Matt, Matt, Matt Ryan was something, man. Matt Ryan was a gunslinger. He definitely had his... Uh, his failure to development in places, but he could he could sling that damn ball, man. We got to give that boy his whoo, man. Marcus Mariota, he, he he failed to develop. So y'all give where, where's the credit, man? Just see if you can find a pattern there. I can find a lot of patterns, but they're not a success. And when you do see the success, you see it's under McVay or it's under Kyle Shanahan. I don't know where y'all want to pull it from. I don't understand when he was hired. I was like, what the hell are we doing? So. You think about the 2018 Packers before we get to when LaFleur jumped in. 2018 Packers went 6-9-1. and one. You know, that was Brian, Cudi- Brian Goody's first year as a GM. Mike McCarthy got fired after week 13. Mike Pettin's first year as defensive coordinator. Man, I really had high hopes for Mike Pettin. I'll be the first one to say I really thought he was a solution. Um, Packers, Brian Gutekind's first first move, or first trade, was he traded Deshaun Kaiser for Demarcus Randall. Deshaun Kaiser went 0-15 in his NFL career. He's got to be the worst NFL quarterback in history. You can look at it. Go go check the stats. I was trying to find somebody that's worse. It's going to be hard to do. 0-15. He was a second-round pick for the Cleveland Browns. Brought him in. You want to talk about development. That was definitely the opposite. Um, Demarcus Russell. No, was it Demarcus Randall? Was it Demarcus Randall? It wasn't not Demarcus Russell. What? Demarcus Randall, I'm pretty sure. I have Russell written down, but... um. Yeah, he was a handful at the time. They just wanted to get rid of him. They wanted anything for him at that point. Deshaun Kaiser, that was a bad call, bro. Owen fifteen in your NFL career, he's got to be the worst quarterback in NFL history. I mean, just just look at him. Look at the stats, the records. It don't lie. I'm just talking, folks. Y'all can try to get defensive if you want to. So, 2018 was a damn mess for the Packers. We all know that. Um, what was going on? It was a lot of cultural stuff, man. Mike McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers, there was that beef. That was that's really the main beef. Everybody wasn't really sure what was going on, but there was just a lot not clicking. We were not clicking on that side. There was a lot of drama. Um, Aaron Rodgers was a huge part of that. Definitely running a lot off emotions. Um, I was huge on the podcast at that point. That was when I was clicking, boy. That's when we were 
We were primed out. We were being honest, man. There's a lot of emotionally driven games, weeks, interviews at that point. Oh, those are tough years. We all know it. We all know it. So that's when they cut um, Mike McCarthy. He got fired week 13. We had that guy, Joe something, come in. He was our little assistant, our little interim coach. He actually got a couple wins. I was scared that he was going to get the job. So 2019, we bring in Matt LaFleur. What the hell has happened since we brought in Matt LaFleur? Let's be honest on this one, man. 2019. 2019, y'all got to remember, the year Matt LaFleur came in, we went on a spending spree. I mean, we just went crazy. We went 13-3, and right? Matt LaFleur was hired as a head coach. Packers, we went on a straight spending spree. We bought Adrian Amos. We bought Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Billy Turner. Um, We had some real veterans in here, like Jimmy Graham. We had Mercedes Lewis. I mean, we just had talent. We had talent out the kazoo. I mean, there was just, we drafted Rashawn Gary. So we had him coming off the bench. We got uh, Darnell Savage. We had Elton Jenkins. I mean, our offensive line was just Bakhtiari, Taylor, Lindsley, Turner, and Balaga. I mean, that was just one of the best offensive lines in Packers history is what Matt LaFleur came into. We can all be honest, that offensive line, give it up, man. That was, we would take them today if we could, man. That was just a beautiful it's debatably one of the best offensive. It's not even debate. In my time watching the Green Bay Packers out, it's the best offensive line in our history probably. I mean, they were just – we were stacked. Well, we were stacked. Maybe there's some better ones, but uh, it's, it's, you're going to have a tough time convincing me, man. I really like that lineup. Billy Turner that year I thought did some, like amazing. Um, he was a big acquisition that year, stepped up in some very key moments. Matt LaFleur. We got spanked. Um, 49, we did great that season. Like I said, 13-3, and three, we did all right. We made it, got to the 49ers, faced Kyle Shanahan. He faced his poppy. He got spanked. We got completely outcoached. Um, it wasn't even close. We got beat in all three phases. It was 0-27 to 27 at the half. At the end of the game, it was 20-37. to 37. That year broke all of our hearts as Packer fans. We all remember that year. It was like, what the hell, dude? You know, not not the 49ers again. And we all thought this was Mike McCarthy, and Mike McCarthy was the problem. We were all blaming it on that. Aaron Rodgers looked like ass. The whole team looked like ass. It was just a complete fiasco. Uh, literally, we put the ass in fiasco. I mean, it was just 2019 was tough, man. I mean, and we didn't really know what to blame it on. We just went in and dropped the ball. I mean, Aaron Rodgers does that a lot in the playoffs. I'm not going to lie. But we didn't do anything around him. We don't... We're going to skip 2019. Y'all know the damn story. 2020 Packers, we went 13-3. and Again, Rodgers was MVP. I mean, he just carrying the team. What do we do? We drafted Jordan Love, man. That's that's how we <laughs> were so close in 2019. We lost to the 49ers. What's the answer? Draft Jordan Love. What the hell are we doing, man? This is <laughs> – we're just going to laugh about it now. I mean, we got Jordan Love. We're seeing what it's all – you know, what what's going on. I can definitely do a review on Jordan Love. But we also got A.J. Dillon and Joshua DeGora. So not a, not a bad draft class. I'm not saying that the draft class was bad at all. But picking Jordan Love that year was definitely uh, – I still question it. I feel like if we would have got just a huge wide receiver, like a big piece, you know, and just added a piece to our puzzle, I feel like we were one step away from the Super Bowl. You know, we got really, really damn close, especially the year we drafted Jordan Love. I mean, literally one piece. Um, let's just say we got there, same staff um, in 2020, except for we played Tom Brady in the NFC Championship game. That was a tough one when we played Tampa Bay. Um, we got 
clearly outcoached again. I mean, that one was tough. The cute, the touchdown pass right before the half, everybody just shaking their head. I forget what that little dude's name. I think he's number 19, not Wes Welker, but he looks like Wes Welker. That little fucking guy went so fast up that sideline. I think he burned Kevin King, if I remember correctly. And it was just, man, come on, man. It was just a coaching nightmare. We all saw it. We were all questioning it. It was a complete disaster. Um, we, we've been here, folks. We've been through this team. We've been through this defense shit. You got a field goal with 208, um, down eight points inside of the 10-yard line. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. We had the ball, you know, fourth down, 208 on the clock. Uh, down, uh, oh, we're down eight points. All right. Y'all know the game, man. We're, we're there. I didn't know this was against Tampa Bay, but that's what the notes say. This is the game where we're down two minutes, eight seconds left, down eight points inside of the 10-yard line. Is this the one Matt LaFleur chose to kick the ball? Yep, this is the one. This is the Matt LaFleur special, folks. Um, I was pissed. I was super pissed. Aaron Rodgers was pissed. Everybody was pissed. And maybe I was talking to somebody on Twitter this week so that they agree with this decision. Me, personally, complete bullshit. We're we, we going to beef on this. You know what I'm saying? We're definitely going to beef on this one. So, 208 left. We're down eight points, and Matt LaFleur's genius ass decides to kick a field goal with uh, Aaron Rodgers, MVP in the driver's seat. MVP, most valuable player. Throw your kicker in there. You know, hopefully our defense can do some. Didn't happen. Um, there was a huge Aaron Jones fumble, I believe, in that same game. Uh, definitely big Aaron Jones fan. I love what he does for us, but he fumbles in very, very, very crucial moments. That was one of the games, too. I remember that one. Um, so, 2020, I'm going to give that huge F. We're gonna, I'm going to question that call for eternity. I definitely think that that call may have cost us the Super Bowl, especially looking at what Carolina just did. You can be down eight. You know what I mean? With 208, you got to go for it, though. You cannot kick no damn field goal in that situation, especially with Tom Brady on the other side. That's the stupidest call I've ever heard. I don't know how somebody agrees with it, but people do agree with it. So I'll give you to each their own, but that was a jackass move to me. That was a fail. So we're going to chalk that up as another fail. So 2019, we're going to sum up his first year there. We got out coach. We failed in the playoff game against the 49ers. Own it. He's got to own it. I mean, just coaching why we were not prepared. When you're old. When you're down 27 to 0 at the half, you did not get your team prepared to come out. 2019, we're giving you an F. I don't care what you got during the regular season. Aaron Rodgers carried your ass. 2020, Packers, 13 and 3. Yes, we did get there. Got all the way to the championship game against Tom Brady, the King of Kings. You decided to kick a field goal with 208 left. Fail your ass. So again, we're going to fail your ass. We wrote, you wrote Aaron Rodgers' pigtails, and when it was time to write him off into the sunset, you jumped off. And look like a damn retard because you missed your step and f- ended up on World Star. 2021, Packers 13 and 4, Rodgers MVP season. We drafted Eric Stokes, Eric Stokes, Josh Myers, and Amari Rodgers. We traded for Randall Cobb. We also got Isaac, uh, Isaac Yeadham. I remember Isaac Yeadham because I tell you, cornerbacks, man, big fan. I had high hopes for Isaac Yeadham. He never panned out. He even ended up in special teams. Didn't even pan out there. I remember you, Isaac, man. Big, big shout out. Always, always hope for you. Eric Stokes, we did draft that year. Josh Myers, still our center to this day. Amari Rodgers, he moved on to, where is he at? I watch him sometimes. I, he's uh, with the Jets, I think. Maybe he's with the Jets. Um, nah, he can't be with the Jets, man. Imagine if he was with the Jets because I think they have Cobb now too. Either way, um, damn, man, Amari Rodgers. I, I still have some of his uh, autographed rookie cars. I'm telling you, man, I'm a Packer fan. So 2021 season, same staff, same result. We got beat by the San Francisco in the playoffs, 13 to 10. 
We had 32nd ranked special teams. Kevin King's got roasted. Um, blocked kicked going into halftime versus the 49ers. We had a punt, punt blocked for a touchdown. I mean, just poor offensive performance. It was just a disaster. I mean, when you look at the 2021 Packers versus the 49ers, it was just, I mean, another one that's just like, what the hell? I mean, you want to talk about Matt LaFleur being an offensive guru. This is Rodgers' MVP year. We literally put up 10. I mean, I don't know what you want me to, I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know. You want to talk about regular season success. Hey, you're doing your thing, but I'm going to give that to Aaron Rodgers because he typically, he'll get anybody to the playoffs. You know what I mean? Aaron Rodgers, will get you to the playoffs. That's all the Jets wanted was make it to the playoffs. You know what I mean? Just give me to the playoffs. That's what Aaron Rodgers do. Get you to the Super Bowl. That's a you know you may want another quarterback, but Aaron Rodgers will get you to the playoffs. So that's we're gonna we're gonna say Matt Lafleur was riding that one in 2020. Now, this is where things get interesting, folks. And thanks for staying with me up until this point because the 2022 season of the Packers, we all know what happened, man. That was Aaron Rodgers. He's over there. He's on his podcast. He's definitely um, displaying a lot of uh, emotions towards the staff. I remember we lost. Zadarius Smith at some point. Not sure what happened there, but he was pissed when he left the organization. Remember, he joined the Minnesota Vikings just to get revenge on us. Um, I do remember he had a very high cap hit, like 55 million or so. He had like a big cap hit. And we had Rashawn Gary coming coming off the bench. Um, Zadarius Smith had a back injury. That's what happened to Z. He was one of our captains. Got a back injury. He only played like the first three weeks of the season. Came back right at the end. Basically wasn't a captain the next year. You know, no, no longer was even voted a captain, I think, when he got his injury. And just had some hard feelings. I remember that. And Z left, man. There was some real personal issues, you know. And then we had Aaron Rodgers. When he left, there was some real personal issues, you know, with just upper management and it starts, you know, uh, we can say Matt LaFleur, we can say Goody, we can blame it on whoever you want, but they're just a bad culture, you know, in the building. We're going to definitely say that. So get to the 2022 Packers. We just fumbled, man. We failed Not eight and nine, uh, started three and one, then five game losing streak. I mean, we last lost the last game of the season to Detroit to miss the playoffs. I mean, it was, it was absolutely disgusting. What happened? That's what we all were looking around asking. It was Rogers worst year statistically. And who did we blame? I mean, we're all looking around, looking for somebody to blame. The defense was asked. Uh, we definitely know at this point Joe Barry should have gone that after that season. But we're looking around like, who do you blame? The offense wasn't spectacular. Defense wasn't spectacular. Special teams was still sucked. So I don't know what Matt LaFleur is doing. You know what I'm saying? Now we get to 2023. The Packers are here, 7-8. and eight. It's been a roller coaster, um, to say it nicely. It's been inconsistent, to say it honestly. A lot of people are going to go back to – as being a young team, but this is a young team by design. Some people consider this a restructuring year. We have the highest paid special teams coach in Rick Basilka, Basica, whatever the fuck his name is, paying him. You know what I mean? So we ain't trying to save money on except for on the player contracts. So we have everybody on one or two years because everybody's a damn rookie. Um, we have the highest scoring team in the third quarter. It's just inconsistency, and I think this all goes back. People are going to say it's being young. I say a lot of it, and it's our play calling was absolute ass, especially against Carolina. Like I said, in the, in the end of the game, we ran three straight runs. We don't even give our quarterback a chance. Um, Aaron Rodgers in that playoff game, you want to kick a field goal. You don't want to give our play, Super Bowl you know, MVP. You don't want to give him a chance. Like all these things, just 
He don't have that dog, folk. He don't have what Sean McVay has. Yeah, and we all know Sean McVay is not kicking that damn field goal. You know what I mean? Mike McDaniels, he doesn't have the chemistry that Mike McDaniels has with the staff. Um, Shanahan, he does not have the leadership and the demand of the room like a Shanahan has. I mean, he's literally just going around implementing their system, getting the you know bearing the fruits of their labor, and then making a living off of it. That's all I see off of Matt Lafleur. Y'all can tell me what the hell he's done on his own. I'll listen to it all day, but I don't see it in any of this. So if I have to find a pattern here, his only pattern is fail, 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 ain't done shit, won't do shit, and uh, is not going to get us no Super Bowls. So we can keep going. Like I said, I'm not going to spend, I could have spent all last year dogging this fool's ass and just getting them, but it's like Matt LaFleur is not the solution. You can get rid of Joe Barry. He should have got rid of a long time ago. He's keeping people. He's definitely hitched his wagon. I think that he should go down with it. I think that all these uh, coordinators in-house, I can't even tell you who our offensive coordinator is because it's irrelevant because he's supposed to be running the show. But that's because he fails to, he clearly has no experience on any side but the offense. So when our defense is failing in Joe Barry, Matt LaFleur is not the guy. He cannot get in here and solve this problem. He's not an he's not an Andy Reid. He's not a Jim Harbaugh. He's not somebody that has experience around a team. This dude has been in offenses, stuck to offenses, limited to offenses, has thrived off the successes of other coaches in their offenses, and now he's here doing absolute dog shit. Whoo! That's the truth, man. Y'all wanted it. I delivered it. I'm Bob Dog. I can keep going all damn day, but. This is why I stopped podcasting for a year for y'all, man. Literally, I, I just wanted to save this. And this is all it is. It's just going to be rinse and repeat every year as long as probably Goody can get his ass out of town too, you know, and we can definitely start over. I would love to get a fresh restart. And if we are going to lose a start and lose as losers, I don't want to be losing a, and, you know, living in the past off of somebody else's success because we can sit here. I don't think it's much of a debate. I mean, we could try to debate, but that – and all the success that Matt LaFleur had with the Packers was dependent on Aaron Rodgers. All you got to do is have your defense hold up. Aaron Rodgers is going to run that offense to get you, in, you know, into the, at least into the playoffs. And Matt LaFleur, all you had to do was sit back. He tried to implement, but you know he was working with Aaron Rodgers. That can all get back to why the Packers even hired Matt LaFleur. They did not want another alpha male to come in the room and piss off Aaron Rodgers. They didn't want Aaron Rodgers to leave at that point. They wanted Aaron Rodgers to bring him into the Super Bowl. This is when Aaron Rodgers started pulling all that bullshit with all his little uh, walkabouts and going off on his little hyote, uh, what I don't even remember what that shit's called, but that uh, hibiscus stuff, whatever that crap's called that he was drinking and going off on his little loopy-loo adventures and shit and bringing all this drama to our organization and just being a horrible role model for children all in general if you don't want your children doing those types of drugs just by as a you know, person in the media and just trying to be a leader, just saying we all leave footprints and there's just certain ones that we don't want to leave for our children to follow. Maybe he does want his children to do that shit, but it was not for the Packers. It was not for us. And we were thankful when that, I was at least thankful when that shit was out of here, but I will give the success that was happening during the regular season. You ain't getting that Matt LaFleur, that success on the offensive end was all Aaron Rodgers. Anything that happened on the defense is very clear, has nothing to do with you. Anything that we accomplish in special teams clearly has nothing to do with you. You just have to put the right coordinators in place to get the job done, which you have also failed very clearly, especially this year. Everybody's exposed Joe Barry's ass, which I've been yelling since the day guy came in the damn building, just like I've been yelling the day Matt LaFleur came in the building. 
they can leave together, folks. He hitched his wagon. Let's get his ass out of town. Come on, folks. Y'all know I love you. I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll definitely get you another episode this week because I know we got a playoff situation looking forward. Got it. I'm going to look forward to it, folks. Like I said, it's been hard this week. I can't say I wanted the Packers to lose. I, I cannot say that. I felt something in my heart that we were going to lose, and I felt everybody that follows me on Twitter, especially I put a post out like this is going to be monumental if we lose this game because it was just you got to get rid of LaFleur too. I mean, this shit is a disaster. But they escaped by literally that one-second spike there at the end. Um, missed the field goal. I mean, missed extra point. It was it was bad. It was a bad game, just all three phases. There was nothing happy about everybody. We put up 30 points. We put up 30 points in three quarters. The fourth one, we dropped the damn ball. I mean, it was – I mean, say what you want, man. We're the highest scoring team in the third quarter. We have plenty of talent. People say young, young, young. We're not – it's not that we're young. It's that we're inconsistent. And you can blame inconsistent on being young, but you can also say that we have failed in coaching. We have failed in clock management multiple times. Um, we have failed to put our – foot on their throat per se and you know deliver that final blow deliver the knockout punch that's not in Matt LaFleur's nature dude's too soft too rubby dubby he wants to be everybody's buddy you know what I mean he's not there to piss Joe Barry off or throw anybody under the bus but he's definitely not there to take responsibility either that's what I really don't like about his press conferences and stuff is he doesn't start with it just got to be coaching you know coach coach it all starts with coaching you get a better leader in the room. Look what it's done for the Raiders. You know what I mean? And we can do the same thing in Green Bay. We just got to get his ass out, get an actual leader in. Like I said, we can go any young. You want to go young, you can bring in Eric Bieniemy or somebody like that. Want to go old school, let's bring in Harbaugh, man. He's listening. He's listening. He's over there. He's about to sign another offer with Michigan, and he's listening, man. I'd love to get somebody in here that can actually lead it's not Matt LaFleur. He's not the answer. He hasn't been the solution. He's ridden the success of the coattails of Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay up to this point. We need to end it. Come on, Goody. Step up to the plate. Packer Nation, I love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. Hit me back. I want to hear the Matt LaFleur fans and lovers out there. I want to hear you support him. Give me the statistics, though, because I couldn't find them. Only pattern I see here is him following others to success and when he's left on his own, this is what we get. So hit me. I'm Bob Dog. I love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. And go Pack Go. You have been listening to the Particularly Packers podcast. Please follow us on social media and please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Pack Go.